This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The heart behind Kindled is to help moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. Hello and welcome to episode nine of Kindled. Today I chatted with Lauren Golden. Lauren is a wife, mom of three, and part-time freelancer with a full-time income. She is the founder of The Free Mama, a movement all about helping moms realize their awesomeness and achieving their financial goals without sacrificing family time. I'm excited to share this with you today because Lauren shares my heart for empowering moms. I think all of us could learn from how she really took a dream and decided to tackle it and invest in herself. So I'm not going to give you any more hints. You just have to listen. Here is my conversation with Lauren. Hello, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I am really excited too. And I, I heard about you and your business like a while ago, but I, I don't think I really knew what you did until more recently. Um, and I kind of started looking into, you know, the business that you run, the free mama and, um, yeah, it's really interesting to me and I'm excited to hear you talk about it, but can you share, um, for the people who haven't heard of you, what that what that business is, who you are, and what you do? Sure. So my name is Lauren Golden, like you said, and I am the free mama. And it's funny that you said you heard about me a while ago, but wasn't exactly sure what I was doing until a little bit more recently. And uh, if I'm really honest, that's probably because I was doing it while trying to figure out what I was doing. Right. But I'm super excited because I've had a lot of clarity in this last year and uh, have kind of gone from crawling to walking to running. So what is the Free Mama? Well, the Free Mama actually launched in 2015, uh, just after I left my nine to five job. And it started as a personal blog. And what I was doing, I was literally just documenting my process of transitioning from kind of a corporate working mom to a stay at home working mom. Mm -hmm. So I started freelancing part-time. Um, and I kind of felt honestly, like I was living the best of both worlds. You know, it certainly didn't happen overnight that everything clicked. I definitely learned a lot the hard way. Um, but I felt like I was seriously like living this secret life that people like other moms did not know was possible where you can contribute to your family financially. You can 
you know, still be ambitious, still be driven and create and work, but you can also be the one at home taking care of your kids. And people started reaching out to me and like via Facebook messenger and email. And they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. How are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> and it was really interesting to me. I was kind of like, well, I'm freelancing. And it was interesting to me because I didn't realize how many people weren't familiar with that concept and that it was something that I literally believe anyone can take their skills and apply towards starting a home-based business. So Mm -hmm. the free mama has totally morphed. It started from a personal blog about me and now it's not really about me at all. It is how I kind of take this message of not having to choose between family and finances out into the world. And, uh, it has just grown tremendously, especially in like the last four or five months. And so it's just kind of become this movement that I'm really, really proud of. And when I started and I, I started my blog and I called it the free mama. I did not know what was to come, but now, you know, hindsight's 2020. And so it's really cool to look back and, and kind of see how far it's come in such a short time. That is so awesome. And I feel like you are sort of my spirit animal because I feel like <laughs> in another life, like I might have been living your exact life because I, our, our paths have been very similar. It's, um, it's funny to hear you talk like that. You're just getting clarity because I feel like, I mean, there is sort of that, that con maybe that, um, that idea from people outside of your business when you're an entrepreneur that, that think that like you always have clarity on where you're headed or what you're doing. And obviously a lot of times we don't, and we're like, uh, I don't know, I'm just figuring it out. Like, here's how I'm making money today. And here's how I'm helping. And it might be different tomorrow, you know? And so it's funny to hear you just kind of, yeah, bring, give voice to that. Yeah. I, you know, and I think, uh, I think it's really interesting because a lot of businesses start with an idea, right. Or a product. And mine really started with a belief system. And I tell people that all the time. I really believe that as moms, we can have it all. Like I just, I feel it in my gut that that's a thing. And I kind of refuse to live my life any differently, right? We've only got one life and I have things I want to accomplish, but I also want to be present with my children. I always wanted to be a mom. So I just kind of wiggled my way into this lifestyle of I'm going to do both, darn it. Like this is going to work. And then it did work for me. And so then I felt like my business, the idea, if you will, the actual business kind of took off when it became something that I could actually teach to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I've never heard anyone say that your business kind of, you know, forming out of a belief system first. Um, But I think that that is probably more essential than we even realize to as entrepreneurs and as as people that, you know, are fighting that uphill battle of, you know, against the current to create something of our own and step out and take those risks. Like if you don't believe in it, I don't know that you can do it. I don't know that you'll be successful long-term. I mean, you might be a flash in the pan, but it does take belief, I think, on a deeper, a very deep level to actually push through. I absolutely agree with you. And it's so funny because just maybe about a week ago, I posted something on my Facebook, my personal Facebook page, um, just because I I am kind of in this world of online entrepreneurs and and that's where a lot of my network is. And I, I kind of live a dual life. I say I have my like in real life friends and then I have like my virtual friends. Mm -hmm. And I posted this thing about which is scarier to you facing your fears or the idea that, that you don't accomplish your goals. And everybody was chiming in and saying goals, like not accomplishing my goals. And yet so many people don't 
because they're so afraid to take action and do, you know, put in the work that it's really going to take to achieve their goals. And I think by having, you know, kind of this deep belief system or a mission or a vision or whatever you want to call it for yourself. Um, for me, I feel like it truly is the belief system, but you know, for, for all businesses, like you're saying, um, you know, whatever your mission is, if you can't go back to that and really stand by it, I think it's going to be like you, you kind of called it like an uphill battle. You're definitely going to have a steeper climb if, Mm -hmm. if you don't have that thing that just like, it's not about money. It's not about whatever. Like you have to have this thing that you're like, no, like I believe this. Like I would do this. If I win the lottery tomorrow, my next day would not change. Like I would get up and do the exact same thing. Now I might take my family on a vacation and do it from the beach in Hawaii, but I would do the exact same thing because I feel that strongly about it. So it's pretty cool. I know. And I, it's so fun for me to get to talk to another woman that is, like living your dream life. Cause I think that, you know, and I do want to get to like what your business actually does, but we're, I, sure, we could yeah. easily just launch into all of, you know, I mean, we could, <laughs> we could be having a conversation just for ourselves for a, a long time. But, um, I think it is hard when you, when you do find something like what you have and what I have, where we're, we are kind of claiming that we will do both and rejecting the notion that we can't, um, that's really countercultural, you know, that's not really what like the world or the structure of society wants you to believe. They kind of want to tell you to stay in your place. Or if, if you're stressed and overwhelmed, it's cause you're, you as a woman are doing too much. You need to do less. You need to, you need to pick, you need to pick family or pick business and you need to let someone else do the other thing that you're not doing. And, um, I just totally reject that as truth altogether, um, like you're saying. And and it's really hard when you do have something like what we have to be um, – it can be really hard to be honest about, like, how great it is. It's also really hard. So I'm not going to, like – I'm not trying to say it's, like, pie in the sky, you know, unicorn land. But um, just the the beauty that, like, you are able to have and say I'm not just going to be forced into only one or the other and, like, I'm capable of – of both of these things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of, uh, I teach something that's called a power pitch. Cause I think elevator pitches are kind of boring and it just makes me think of those like horrible networking events you went to after college where everybody just like orders a drink and throws down their business cards and doesn't really want to be there. But, mm-hmm. um, to me, like a power pitch is like your mission statement. And, uh, so I always say like my mission statement, like I help moms prepare to leave their jobs to work from home on their own terms. So whatever that means for you, right. It's not the same for everybody. Um, and live a totally awesome guilt-free life. Um, because like you mentioned, like I'm pretty unapologetic about what I'm doing. Um, and, and it is uncomfortable for certain people. You know, I feel like we live in this era of either lean in, you know, the corporate side, like lean in, right. Or, like stay home. And there, I just, I want to open everybody's eyes to the possibility that there's a whole lot of gray area in between. Mm -hmm. So carve out yours and go for it. (laughs) Yes. I love that. And I'm so happy that I found you and figured out what you were doing because I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this aligns so much with what I believe and what, you know, what my own life looks like, what I want to help others find. And, you know, the mission behind my, me even starting this podcast is really exactly what you're talking about. You know, I mean, talking about the, the struggle, um, 
as mothers and women that work in whatever capacity, whether that's in the home or out of it, and for ourselves or for someone else, you know, I mean, all of all of life is work, so we can qualify that pretty broadly. But sure. um, just being able to say, like, let's actually talk about this and let's, you know, let's bring to light some of the stuff that maybe you're believing that you don't even realize you're believing about your capability and what you should or shouldn't do. And I think there's a lot of freedom when we just have a conversation that's not based in judgment or fear or shame, but just like, hey, what what could this look like for me? Totally. I love it. So um, what does the free mama do? What is that what is that business all about? And can you just kind of give us like your give us your power pitch? What what all do you do with that? Sure. Well I kind of just did. That is yeah. what I do. I literally help moms escape the nine to five, work on their own terms. Um, and the way that I do that, the way that my, you know, business is structured, if you will, is uh I have developed so I've always lived in the online space, right? So I when I left my job, I became a freelancer. Um I was working initially in the social media management space, uh, that rapidly grew based on my clients needs to a lot more marketing and strategy and even some kind of operational and business development type stuff. Um, so I, based on my interests and my skills, I kind of grew quickly. Um, but I also figured out what I kind of called the right way to freelance and the right way to freelance as a mom, because it's not going to look exactly the same if you have an eight month old sitting next to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I did is, um, I developed a 12 week program that basically is a proven system that walks moms through exactly what I learned in over the course of three years. So I teach moms how to take the skills that they have from their own work backgrounds and apply them towards starting a virtual business as a virtual professional. So that is kind of my main thing. What's really funny is that throughout my journey of getting there, um, one of the things that brought me the most clarity and has become probably uh, both one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life, but also one of the most rewarding is that I invested in a business coach. And what's funny about that, if you knew me, is that I used to, and I, I totally am uh, almost embarrassed to say this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, I used to really stick my nose up at coaches, mm-hmm. like really badly. I used to think it was such a crock health coaches, um, life coaches, business coaches. I'm like, wow, those people are scamming vulnerable folks who don't know anything and are totally lost and don't have a chance. And I could not have been more wrong. Now there's in every industry, there's probably some crooks, but for the most part, I could not have been more wrong. And I found a business coach who I just looked at her and I go, Oh my gosh, I, if you've ever met somebody where you're just like literally hanging on their every word, like everything they say just oozes value to you. That's what I got from this person. Every time she opens her mouth, I'm like, Oh my gosh, tell me more. Keep talking. And so, um, I actually ended up hiring her. It was a major financial investment. Um, it was a huge decision for my marriage (laughs) for my family, for my business. Um, but something just in my gut kind of said, if you want to get this message out into the world, um, you are going to need help doing it. And I'm 
so, so glad that I took that risk, uh, to hire her. And so, so with her help, I've developed this program. Um, and the reason that I told you the story about the coaching is because I was not going to be a coach. I finally decided, okay, I'm going to hire a coach. They're not that bad. I'm going to hire one, but I was not going to coach. That was never a part of my plan. And when I first launched my program, um, I started actually having moms reach out to me and they're going, this is great, but we really want to work with you. And I was like, come again. Like that to me was so strange. I'm like, but you don't even know who I am. Why would you want to work with me? It was right. just, to me, it was kind of that imposter syndrome feeling. I think we get sometimes, um, yeah. as people, but especially as entrepreneurs. And it was so strange to me. And so I went to my business coach and she said, you're going to do this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I said, this was not part of my plan. Like I'm not, this isn't what I set out to do. And she said, Lauren, they need you you can help them. And yes, your program helps them, but you can gain so much value from working with these women. And she said, not only that, but I'm going to make you a promise. If you start working with these women individually, I bet that you get more from it than they do. And that statement could not have been more true. So I am also a business coach. Uh, I'm proud to say it now. I've come a full 180 degrees, Um, but I do work with moms, both that are going through my program. Um, but also, uh, aspiring online entrepreneurs. And, uh, I work with them both in groups and one-on-one and it has been the most unexpected yet most rewarding component of this entire thing and, and of my entire business. It is truly a pleasure to watch people, um, make their dreams come true. I mean, it's just, it's, it's probably one of the best things I've ever done. That's so so awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I feel like it's important that people know, um, kind of the difference between sometimes like almost a business and a calling, you know Mm. what I mean? Like I was not seeking to do this. I just can't emphasize that enough. Um, but I really felt on a level, like I was being called to, and I, I absolutely love it. I love it. Yeah. Do you feel like the, um, the, the fact that you had to make that large investment in yourself and in this concept and what you at the time just thought was a business, do you feel like that helped you to take it more seriously or treat it differently? Or what, like, what was that kind of turning point for you when you realized there's like so much more here than I originally thought? Yep. Um, absolutely. What it did was light a fire under my tail. So I had been thinking about building this program for over a year before I started and I got my free training and, um, like basically all the logistics, like the behind the scene, cause this is all online based. I got everything set up and ready to go within a month of hiring my coach, wow. something that I had been thinking about for a year. Yeah. So it definitely, um, I don't know that it necessarily set me on a different trajectory by hiring a coach. Well, it, it has definitely grown since then, which, which I'm sure she has, uh, had some major influence in, but I think what it did do was it catapulted my results much faster. Yeah. Um, I was still the one doing all the work. I mean, I didn't outsource anything. I did everything by myself, but I think knowing, um, that I had somebody who was believing in me. I had somebody that I could turn to for support. Um, and that I had, 
you know, kind of laid out all my cards financially for my family, I think it definitely lit a fire to go, you know what? Failure is not an option here. Um, so we got to get to work. We got to figure this stuff out. And I am definitely, I'm what I lovingly call a recovering perfectionist. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners can probably relate to that. Um, because since I have coached, uh, started coaching women, I've realized that many women are perfectionists. Uh-huh. So I'm what I call a, a recovering perfectionist. And something that my coach has really helped me do is kind of get out of my own way. Um, because things will never be perfect. And a lot of times, even if we think it's perfect, it still might not work, right? Yeah. It might not be what the market wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might need to be tweaked. And so I definitely, um, I've always been really high achieving and I've always been pretty efficient. But what this investment did is it kind of made the fear not go away, but it made me like pound through it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like it, I, I it, honestly, it became do or die. Like if right. I had to break it down, there was a fire lit and it was like, we got to get this done. <laughs> well, it's like the, it's the sense of urgency because you made the investment, you, you outlaid, you know, the, the cash to do this thing. And you couldn't just say, yeah, I think I'll do that sometime, someday anymore. You had to actually do it. Right. And it's interesting because it's something, uh, even just with my program, it's something I hear is, uh, you know, I'll get emails from moms and I, and I get it. I totally respect We want to know like, yes, I'm willing to invest myself, but is this program the right one for me? Was that coach the right coach for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely recommend being good stewards of your investments. Um, but a lot of times I'll hear from people like, I just don't have the extra money for that. And money is one of those things that comes and goes. Mm -hmm. Um, but time does not, it just keeps going. And so I think, uh, while I never would ever encourage somebody just to like take on debt to go after their dreams, um, it's a really personal choice. Um, I do share my story that I was willing to bet on myself. I was willing to to say, you know, if I laid this down there, I know that I'm the type of person who's going to show up and put in the work and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I'm willing to kind of make that gamble, if you will, on myself. So yeah, for sure. Uh, It doesn't make it any less scary. Right. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I mean, I think what you said about getting out of your own way is often what, you know, it's that, um, just ability to make a decision, even though you, it may not be perfect and fail fast. So you can redirect and change it up where you need to and tweak it where you need to. And when you're a perfectionist, like you talked about, that's like, that's the scariest thing is just the idea that you might fail, but like, but I mean, you might fail either way, whether you try or don't try, you know, I mean, even in the not trying, that could be failure because you don't know what you're missing out on. And I'm a major FOMO person, like total fear of missing out if I don't do something, but then the doing it is like, but now I could mess up. So, um, but yeah, I love yeah, that. I, uh, I was watching actually just this morning, the, uh, there was an interview Marie Ford. Leo did, um, with the founders of the skin. And I don't know if you follow Marie uh-huh. Forleo or if you read the skin, but I recommend everybody do both of those things, but, yeah. um, it was great. And it was talking, they, they spoke about their feel, failures and how they actually, you know, I feel like a lot of times we want to cover our failures up, right? We like, we just think they're mistakes or we feel shame. And they were almost talking about not celebrating your failures, but, sharing them in a way like, look, I took this risk. I put myself out there and it didn't work. And Mm -hmm. here's why. And here, what, here's what I learned. So here's what I can do better next time. Here's how I can improve in the future. 
here's how I can try again. And I gained so much value from that. I was like, you know, I'm really big into celebrating our wins. I think Mm -hmm. especially as women, sometimes we're afraid to like toot our own horn. Like Mm -hmm. it seems like bragging for some reason for women, even though I feel like men do it all the time. So I'm really big into, um, sharing our wins. It's something we do in my coaching program too, but, um, I think I'm going to add a component about sharing our failures. And then you have to do the follow-up of like, what did you learn from it? But I thought that was a really powerful message because we all fail at some point. Yeah. And if, if not, I mean, the fail, the successes that I've had over the years have been like great and, and fun, but I think the times where I have grown the most are actually the times that I've failed. And those have been what have like actually, I think grown me the most as a person and as a human being, but also as an entrepreneur and in my business and you know, how I, how I move forward is actually what matters. It's not the failing. That's really that important. It's what you do after. Totally. I completely agree. Are you going to give up or are you going to keep moving forward? Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's totally like that shows you what kind of person you really are. Not the fact that you failed, but what you do after the fact. Absolutely. Um, can you talk a little about, um, on just a more detailed, way when you talk about what you do, helping women become virtual professionals. So what does that mean when you say, you know, virtual assistant or virtual professional and, and how does that integrate someone's own personal skills into a business on a virtual level? Sure. So, um, specifically with my, with, with, well, there's kind of two components again. So with the program, with my 12 week program, um, I literally, downloaded my brain. I I wish I could say it a different way, but it's, it's everything I know. I mean, it truly is. I go over software programs. I use, I go over, um, you know, different ways you can serve, uh, your ideal clients. And there's kind of different ways that people can interpret my program. You can follow everything I teach you to a T and basically do what I did. So I started serving online entrepreneurs, um, online program builders. So kind of like this program that I have, there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of people out there doing the same thing. Coaches are an absolutely great client for people who are wanting to do virtual work. Um, and then I also kind of teach people what not to do. I'm not a huge fan of sites like Upwork. Some people love them. That's it. They're just not really my cup of tea. Those freelancer type websites. Um, I think it drives down prices. I think it's really hard to create a relationship with people through those. And what I teach people how to do, um, specifically and, and why I call them, um, I actually call them virtual administrative consultants rather than VAs. And that was really strategic on my part because in my opinion, VAs are a dime a dozen. So if you're new to this world, a VA is a virtual assistant and it's, it's really comparable to like at a traditional office, like what an executive assistant would do. So you might be doing, um, like scheduling type things or calendar management or organizational things, um, administrative work, data entry, event planning, um, some basic marketing, uh, copywriting, potentially some web design type things. So, um, there's really a lot of different avenues that people can take it. And I cover all of it in my program. I literally teach every single software that I have used in my business. Um, and I also through the program help people match like what their interests are with what they could do. So if you were an accountant and you were like, I do not have a design bone in my body, you're stressing me out. There are people who hire virtual bookkeepers. That's a thing. And I think so many people just don't even realize that there is a demand for their skill set online. And so, um, uh, 
my program is simultaneously kind of general in terms of the fact that I cover a wide variety of niches in my program, but I really encourage you to dive into the one that resonates either with your past skills or with your interests, um, or with your network. So, uh, hopefully that answers your question. It's it, it truly, I mean, it's a 12 week program. So there's, there's a ton of information in there. Uh, but I think what's really fascinating to me. And when I first started was I kept getting emails from people like, um, nurses, or teachers. And they just kept saying, I don't know that, that like you, you're, you're a marketer. Of course you could do this. I can't do this. And mm-hmm. what was really fascinating to me is that my background was not in marketing. I was a political science and theology major in school. Oh, wow. Um, I went on to work retail. I worked in event planning. I actually did wedding planning for like five years before my son. He's my second before he was born. Uh, And so I really just kind of dabbled in everything. And I ended up working at a school and I was actually the alum director. So if anything, I was doing a lot of like kind of customer service type tasks. Um, but what we were noticing is as things like Facebook and social media and email marketing, as all these things grew, um, we weren't really reaching out to the alums of the school that way. We were like sending them postcards. Well, you move four times in college alone, most people. And so by the time our alums from this school, uh, had graduated from college, we didn't even have a mailing address for most of them. And that's how we were trying to communicate with them. And so I just had this light bulb moment where I'm like, why don't we go reach them where they're at? Like they're all already on Facebook. They're all already on, you know, Instagram. And so I started doing social media for the school purely out of a need. I saw a need, um, you know, I saw a problem that, that basically needed to be solved. And so I got into it that way. And I invested a lot in professional development. I asked for some professional development opportunities, um, from my employer as well. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, if I could get some design experience, um, I really think I could be better at this. And so they sent me off to a class to learn, um, some basic skills in InDesign. And because of that work on social media, then they said, you know what, can you just run our website? Cause we had been having someone out of like out of house doing it. So then they sent me to professional development to learn how to build websites. So I got all of this experience paid for purely because I was trying to solve the problem. So yeah. if I can kind of you know, iterate anything to, to your listeners or to, you know, the moms going through my program or anything. It's that, uh, you need to be a problem solver. There's so many problems out there that need to be solved and people are really willing to pay you pretty good money to solve them for them. Whether you're, you know, at a traditional nine to five or you're exploring entrepreneurship or becoming a virtual assistant Um, it's really all about helping people and solving problems. And I think if we look at things that way, rather than just making money, um, the money follows. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but it's really true. If you come from Mm -hmm. a place of service, uh, I think that you'll find a lot more long-term success. Yeah, for sure. And I I like that, you know, you've pivoted your own business, even around the needs of your clients. Like originally you were just kind of developing this program and then you heard from women that they wanted to work with you and you were like, well, that's not the plan But (laughs) because you actually, it still fell in line with your ultimate goals, but you pivoted your service offerings to really fit the needs of your clients. And I think 
that would probably be another big reason that you've had success with what you're doing because you're responding to the marketplace and going, okay, I hear that. I see that. Here's what I can do. And, and not just kind of like staunchly marching forward with no, you know, notice of like how people are receiving it. Absolutely. You, you said that so well. Um, and and honestly that took me a really long, long time to get to that place of being as reflective, um, as, as what you're describing. Um, it was, you know, I, I am very type a, I like to be in control. I like to have a plan. Um, and something I've definitely learned both as a, as a virtual administrative consultant, but also, especially as an entrepreneur is that flexibility is so important. And I think honestly, that's what makes us more resilient to those failures as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thinking about the woman who's listening, who is like, wow, this sounds like this sounds amazing, but maybe she's working in a job that she feels doesn't um, translate to what you're talking about or in an industry that she doesn't feel she has the experience that is necessary. I mean, what would you say to her and, and, did you at any point feel, cause I know you said like, you were like, well, I reject this idea that I only could work full time or stay home and do nothing. Um, besides raise my kids, like, was there a point where you felt kind of frustrated or hopeless? And I don't know. I mean, was it, I mean, what, what would that process look like for you? So it's kind of two questions. I want to answer the first one first, only because I get emails like that all the time. So I was kind of starting to say, I think I got off on a tangent, but um, I hear from a lot of teachers. I hear from a lot of nurses. I hear from a lot of women, like you're describing, who they're like, you know, I just don't know if this will work for me. It sounds really great, but I just don't know if this will work for me. And what I have really learned over the last four or five months is that uh, oftentimes we don't even recognize our own strengths and we don't see how the things that we're really good at or the things that we know how to do really well are transferable. Um, especially in those two professions, it always cracks me up because I'm like, are you kidding me? You were a teacher. So you are doing lesson plans every day. You are, you are managing an entire classroom. You Mm -hmm. have to do customer service when you're dealing with your parents, with your administration, you can stand up and speak in front of a group. If you're a teacher, I know that you are, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, uh, uh, very, um, like competent, right? Like writer researcher, mm-hmm. all of these are skills that people are looking for help with. And I think sometimes when we're so close to something and we've only been looking at it kind of through a, a certain lens, it's really hard to see how it's transferable to doing something else. So my response to those moms who are listening, who are going, that sounds really great, but there's no way I could do that based on my background. Um, I really invite you to join, um, our Facebook community and meet some of the other moms who are doing it right now, because it it is, we come from such a diverse background and all of these people are making it happen. And so my answer, my short answer is yes, absolutely. You can do it. If you have decided that you want to do it and you want to, um, like live that kind of lifestyle and do that virtual work. Yes, you can absolutely do it. Um, and then kind of to your second question, as far as how I I felt, have I ever felt hopeless? Oh my gosh. I almost started laughing. Yes, I've absolutely felt hopeless. I felt hopeless, <laughs> frustrated, every other emotion under the sun. Um, probably no more so 
then, uh, not so much, uh, with, uh, building out this program, I've definitely felt frustrated. I've definitely hit roadblocks. I've definitely been like, oh my gosh, is anybody actually going to even like buy this? Not just from like the entrepreneur standpoint, but like we get that imposter syndrome of like, what if I don't actually know as much as I think I do? Yes. What yeah. if, what if I can't actually help these people like I've been able to help myself or like I've right. you know, and I've worked through a lot of that now that I've had so many women go through the program. Um, but absolutely I have those feelings of doubt. They can be very, very overwhelming. Um, my advice is to try to work past them, like physically work past them as quickly as possible. Um, acknowledge them, but then kiss them goodbye and, and keep going because otherwise you can get so wrapped up in it that you will halt and that's good. You've Mm -hmm. got to keep going. So, um, but as in terms of, have I ever felt hopeless? I would say, um, and it's funny, I was actually just, just writing something before we popped on this interview about this. But, um, when my family moved cross country away from all of our family, all of our friends away from our forever house, it was a very unexpected move. And it was about four or five months after I started my freelancing business. So I had just left my job Um, my family was on my benefits. So we were now paying for health insurance out of pocket. Um, my husband is also an entrepreneur. He owned a business. He did not even pay himself regularly. We took out six figures of debt to buy his business. Um, so it was terrifying. And when we moved, um, I only kept one of my clients purely because of a geographical, issue basically was working with a lot of small business owners. Uh, and so I absolutely felt hopeless. I found out I was 30. I found out I was pregnant and we moved cross country all in the same weekend. So that was really stressful. (laughs) I absolutely felt hopeless. Um, my husband started talking to me about going back and getting a nine to five me, not him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so then I felt devastated, Um, I felt like this thing that I believed so deeply in was not real anymore. Um, and so, yeah, I have definitely felt hopeless and frustrated. Um, but honestly that experience, while it was very, very difficult to go through at the time, and I don't mean like a week was difficult or a month. I mean like a solid six months, I was not in a good place, um, but I just kept going forward one day at a time. And that experience honestly has been one of the most influential in what my business looks like now, because it was because of that move that I decided that I was only going to be an online based entrepreneur because I never knew when my husband was going to tell me again, Hey everybody, we're packing up and moving across the country. Right. Um, that was when I literally, I, I made a conscious choice. Okay. I, I need to be able to do all of this with Wi-Fi and a laptop that became like my number one priority. And that's also something that I teach to other moms as well. Not that they have to, not that there's anything wrong with working with small local businesses, but it was such a part of my, uh, experience. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I had to teach it to other people. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, and in this world, like it is, it, it's possible. So it's, it's totally. pretty awesome that you were able to, to come to that. Um, So I love what you said. I just want to go back for one sec to working past those problems as quickly as possible, which you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I think that is, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, for me, even personally, that really resonates with me. And I think 
I am so afraid of the failure a lot of times that I want to dwell on the problem or the fear as long as possible to make sure I've evaluated it from every angle and (laughs) have like figured out every possible, you know, pivot I could make in response to each situation that could happen. And, and yeah, I think if we dwell in that spot as, you know, as entrepreneurs or as women or as mothers, like that is not going to produce a healthy mindset or soul. You know, it's just not going to leave us in a place that is even able to really do what we're called to do as, as moms. And, you know, that's a, that's a very exhausting draining role as well. And when you're dwelling in like all the fear of like, well, what could happen if this with my child or if that, like you can't live there, you know, you can't live in that spot. Totally. And you know what? I, I had the pleasure through my business coach. I had the pleasure of listening to a gentleman a couple of weeks ago, who's kind of a brain expert. I'm going to put in quotation marks that you can't see, but, um, he's kind of a brain expert and he, he, he teaches a lot about mindset and he works with a lot of entrepreneurs And he taught us that for every one negative thing that um, either someone tells us or that we tell ourselves, so kind of those self-limiting beliefs or doubts or fears, those negative things we tell ourselves, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, Um, it's not going to work, all those things, we have to hear 10 positives, 10, just to balance it out. Wow. So for, so to me, that's just, it's mind boggling. And there's actual chemical reactions going on in our brain when we do this to ourselves, ladies. So it's really important to try to be positive, celebrate those wins. Again, that's why that's really important to me. And it's not that, that we can, um, eliminate fear or eliminate doubts. Um, but it's about acknowledging them. And, and like I said, move past them as quickly as possible because, um, you know, I still, I've got a long way to go. I've got a lot of things I still want to accomplish. I've got a lot of people I still want to impact. Um, and I definitely still get doubts. I definitely still have those moments of panic of like, Oh my gosh, when is this just going to stop working? And you can't, yeah, you can't live there because, um, I will never get where I want to go if I stay in that space. So I have to just keep, keep looking forward. And with that, I'm sure I have a ton of failures coming my way as well. Um, but I, you know, will try to learn from them and, and pivot, like you said, and move on as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Very good advice. Um, so how, how do you deal with competition in your industry? And I don't know, I don't really know what your competition is or if, if you have competition, but what's your perspective on that? Because I think that can be another source of the fear for women of like stepping out and going and doing their own thing. They see, you know, and this is just from my own personal experience. If I see somebody else doing something, I'm like, well, there's not room for me. You know, they're already doing oh, it. I don't. I'm so glad you just said that. You know, I, why, why would I go do that? You know, okay. it's already being done. Yep. Nope. I think this might be my absolute favorite question. Um, and it's because I have done so much personal growth on this exact topic in the last year. Uh, I, I look at it complete. If you would have asked me this a year ago, I probably would have shut down a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, because this probably was the biggest thing holding me back until I started working with my coach. Um, so here's my perspective on competition. I've got a couple. My first is that competition is 100% a good thing. And I used to think exactly verbatim what you just said. Well, are you a millennial? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Me too. I think it's a millennial thing. We were told that we want to be special and we're unique and all these things. And so I think we grew up with this complex that 
only one person can do something. And when they kind of staked out their territory, it's called and, mm-hmm. um, well, they're already doing it. So I need to figure out something else. Well, shoot, why didn't I think of that? Or why didn't I do this earlier? But you yeah. know, I used to have those thoughts all the time. Here's the thing. Competition is absolutely a good thing, especially in business, because if no one else is doing it, it does not mean that you are the unique snowflake who came up with it first. Most likely it means that there is not a market for it. And people are not willing to pay for it. it, My, and that is, that is just a fact people. So I have done a major perspective shift on that. And now when I see, um, you know, and again, I'll kind of put competition in quotes. I think it's such a good thing because it shows that there is a huge market for it. Um, so how do I deal with competition myself? So, in a couple ways. Um, one, I think it's really important just to kind of carve out your own niche in whatever industry you're in. Um, you clearly don't want to be like a copycat doing the exact same thing. We all have our own unique voice and our own unique, um, kind of way of doing things and communicating our ideas. So just really hone in on, you know, what it is that can set you apart. What is your voice that sound? And so it's kind of a branding conversation, if you will, or a brand, not even branding, but brand conversation. Um, my second thing is in terms of how I deal with it is that I had to eliminate a lot of it from my vision. Yes. What I mean by that is that I literally went in and unfollowed pages. Um, I unliked pages. I hid ads from people. Um, I had to make some of it go away. And the reason that I chose to do that wasn't out of you know, um, like negative feelings for them and what they were doing. It was because first of all, I, I felt it start to cloud my voice. Like I start to, I started to be kind of like, wait, was that what they were saying? Or is that what I really believe? Like it kind of was messing with my head in terms of like what I want to put out in the world, but also because it was affecting the way I felt about myself. It was giving me those self-limiting beliefs of, well, they've been doing this three years now and I just started literally from scratch, you know, or, you know, look at how many followers they have and I only have this many or, you know, and so it wasn't, um, necessarily negativity towards them, but it was impacting the way I felt about myself and that was not productive for the growth of my business. So I had to tune it out, um, because it doesn't matter. Right. I think market research is important. I think it's good to be aware of what other alternatives are out there in your industry. Um, but to watch them constantly for me personally, um, I was not able to do that in, and keep integrity with my voice and keep myself in a, in a positive, optimistic place. Yeah. I, this is just funny that you're talking about all this because I had an interview before our conversation today that we were talking about this very thing. And I said, I really wish I could actually just have, I could find someone to come on and talk about unfollowing people because I think that we need to have an entire episode dedicated to how to strategically unfollow everybody that is affecting and clouding your vision and your perspective. Cause I think it is a hundred percent a perspective thing. And we have this really unfortunate and fortunate thing of social media in our, you know, the way that we've grown up and been raised. And, you know, I can remember seeing, you know, that AIM message come through for the first time on my computer and being like, mom, oh my 
my gosh, I'm chatting with someone. I have, I'm literally talking to someone on the computer and remember like having that like light bulb moment that this was so amazing. And ever since then, it's just been getting more and more connected and more and more aware of what everybody else is doing. And I think that that is maybe the biggest roadblock to us, um, actually after all is, is this flood and this like just inundation of information that we don't need that isn't helpful for us. That isn't really impacting, like you said, what we're putting out into the world. And if it is, it's actually just hurting it. Um, and I just think that's a, that's maybe a message that is kind of time to come out and just be really shared because there has been this, like, I feel like we've been in the phase of following, 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 connecting, connecting. And now it's like, okay, but are you actually connected to people that are life-giving and encouraging you or that are helping you to be more of who you actually are supposed to be? Or are you just looking at other people's lives and going, well, I wish I had that. Well, you know, maybe I should be doing what she's doing. Or I guess, you know, like you said, oh, they've already been, you know, podcasting four years. Well, why would I even start, you know, or, oh, somebody else is talking about business and moms. I guess I shouldn't do this. And that's just such a, it's such a um, scarcity mindset, which is, yeah, not reality and not true. No. And I actually, I actually cover this in my program and you might be going, what does that have anything to do with freelancing from home as a mom? Um, it has a lot to do with it. I talk a lot about mindset things and confidence things. Um, and honestly how we spend our time, right? Because when you're running a business from home with children running around, time management becomes essential. And if you're just scrolling on your newsfeed, feeling bad about yourself, I can pretty much guarantee you're going to feel pretty stressed out. So we actually talk about how to disconnect and unengage and all these things that you're mentioning. Um, and something that I just want to kind of finish out this part of the conversation with is that when we're looking on social media, we're seeing people's highlight reels. They're not going to put on there, you know, the really crappy thing that just happened. They're going to be putting on their best foot forward. Right. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of us do that too. And that's not bad, but we can't compare someone else's a plus to our like C, you know, we know what's going on behind the scenes. We've got a toddler Mm -hmm. just threw up all over the back of our shirt and, you know, and you're looking at somebody's like beautiful Instagram post. Well, that's not, it's not really real life. So, um, yeah, you're comparing their outside to your inside and how you feel on exactly. the inside. So it, it's all gotta be, you know, taken for, for what it is, but I absolutely encourage if there are people or businesses or whatever it is that are making you feel less amazing than you are, um, you do not need my permission, but I give it to you anyway. You have permission to unfollow them and, and unengage because it is not serving you. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a good message for all of us. Sometimes I'm like, maybe, you know, maybe the answer here is just totally disengage and like, why are we even on these platforms if it's really hurting us that much? But I think that the the opposite is not necessarily the answer. It's just what you're saying of, you know, take out the bad, like, chew, you know, keep the meat, spit out the bones. Like there, you, yeah. you don't have to like throw the baby out with the bathwater because there's a lot of good that comes through social media as well. Absolutely. I'm in some groups that, um, I've made some incredible 
professional and personal relationships with people, um, through some Facebook groups. So yeah, it's not all, it's not all created equal for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, so is there a type of woman that this work best suits? Is there like, uh, you know, is this for everybody is virtual assistance or becoming a virtual professional literally for everyone? And, and if so, is there a season of life in which it fits best or is it really kind of like wherever you're at? That's an interesting question. Um, I would advocate that there, uh, maybe not as a virtual administrative consultant, but I would argue that there is freelance work for anybody with basic typing skills. Um, and you know, if you are a competent typist writer, um, uh, there is something for you. So whether you channel into numbers and accounting or customer service and working with people, um, or more artistic things like design or copywriting. Um, I think it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. So kind of a, what you should do to, to, see if it's something that gauges your interest is, uh, jump on Upwork. I've already said, don't try to find clients there. I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to create an account, but what I do want you to do is go look at some of the things that people are looking for jobs for some of the opportunities that are out there and just let your wheels start turning, start thinking about, you know, maybe it's not the exact job you're doing right now at your nine to five, but does it interest you? I do not have a background in marketing. I became a very highly sought after marketing consultant in a matter of years. So this, in terms of who is this for, this is for somebody who wants the freedom and the flexibility to run a home-based business, either part-time or full-time, depending on what season of life you're in, um, who is willing to do the work to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. is it hard a little bit. It can be depending on what your learning curve is. Um, but is it possible and super attainable? Absolutely. And that's exactly why I created my program was just to speed up the process for women to be able to get it all done, wrapped up and tied with a bow in three months. Um, so yes, I feel like it's for everybody in terms of a season of life. I started, uh, gosh, how old were, I think my I think my kids were one and three. Um, I worked all the way through a third pregnancy. Um, I had my daughter home with me for over a year. She does now go to my son's preschool three days a week for four hours, um, which was a choice that I made, especially based on the coaching that I do. Mm-hmm. I just I work with a lot of people via video, but um, I kept her home with me for 13 months. And then honestly, I felt more guilty having her home, um, Mm -hmm. than I did having her go. But if I were just doing my freelancing work and I do still freelance, by the way, that's my bread and butter. It's not even my coaching business or my program. I still freelance. So I definitely practice what I teach. Um, and, uh, if I were just freelancing still, I would probably still have my daughter home with me. So it is definitely possible if you want to be home with all of your children. Um, it's totally possible. Um, or if you're somebody who likes, you know, kind of that sometimes to be alone and, and, you know, partial situation that works too. Um, and then it's great for people with older kids too. I already have so many plans when all three of my kids are in school. I'm like, woo, no more childcare. Yeah. I've got four more years to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I, I have a, I probably have quite a few years to go, but, um, yeah, I don't know if we're done having kids. So that just is like resetting the clock, but, um, but yeah, (laughs) it is, that's something that I really love about just being an entrepreneur is, and that's why, I mean, why, 
why I even started building a business before I even had kids was because I wanted that flexibility that someday I would have the choice, you know, and I could say like, yeah, I have skills that I can go work for someone else, but I also have skills I can work for myself. You know, I'm going to benefit from my own skills and abilities that I, that I have. So Absolutely. yeah, I love that. Um, I was going to ask, so you mentioned just for the people who don't know what Upwork is, cause you've mentioned it twice and I, I do know what it is and have used it, um, actually as someone who hires. So this is interesting for me, um, when I've had to like have, you know, people to do a unique, so I do web design. That's actually my bread and butter. And then, so for my business, I've used Upwork to hire out like a developer that I don't, you know, if there's like a coding thing, I don't know how to do. Um, what, what is, what do you think, can you talk about what Upwork is and then why you think it's not the best platform for people who are looking for like longer term freelancing opportunities? Sure. So Upwork, and there there's several of them, but Upwork is basically a website that is kind of an exchange of um, like an entrepreneur or business owner can go in there and search for a freelancer based on their skill or the work that they need done. And then freelancers go in and can create a profile. It's kind of like a dating matching type thing, um, mm-hmm. but for freelancers basically. The reason I'm not a huge fan is because it has gotten so ginormous and overcrowded, um, and it's international. And so it actually, because of the work that can be done overseas for a lot less expensive, it really drives prices down. Mm -hmm. So while that might be great for the business owner, that's not necessarily great for the freelancer. The other reason I don't love it is because what I teach women to do you don't want to be looking for new clients every month. What I teach women to do specifically in my program is to look for those longer term partnerships where they can join somebody's virtual team. They can count on that income month after month. They can get put on a monthly retainer. So they're not just doing a job for, you know, 500 bucks and then on to look for the next client. Um, right. Because that time we spend marketing ourselves and looking for clients, we're not making money, right? Because mm-hmm. he's paying us to do that. So that's specifically what I teach women to do. Um, and that's really hard to do on sites such as Upwork because they're so transactional that it's really hard to form a relationship. So, um, yeah, does that, does that, yeah, yes. what Upwork is? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, so I, and just, I can vouch for that too, that as coming from the business side too, like, yeah, I mean, it's, there have been a few relationships where I've, I've formed them longer term, but ultimately it, it kind of is like, it's just sort of an impersonal platform. And like, you don't really, you don't get a sense that you truly trust that individual in most cases. Like you are kind of like, Hey, I'm, you're good for as long as you are doing exactly what I need at a price I can afford. But beyond that, like I don't have any loyalty, you know, if somebody is going to, and I mean, just being honest as the business owner, like that would be a reason for someone not to use it as the, as a virtual assistant or as someone looking for that longer term work, because I think a lot of, um, businesses approach it as just like, you know, get it done cheap and quick and fast and, you know, not necessarily. No, there's totally a place for it. Um, it's just not where I recommend that, that, right people start. Um, yes. It's not going to give you kind of that longer term sense of security, which is something I want to help people build, especially if they're planning to leave their nine to five. So yes. um, what's really cool is my newest adventure in my business, which we've just launched this month, um, is actually a matchmaker program, which is going to be kind of like an elite 
um, Upwork where I will actually work with entrepreneurs to match them with moms who have been through my program. So I'm really excited about that. Um, That is like a whole new arm to our business. Um, and I'm really excited to, to see how that unfolds because I think, uh, now that I straddle this world between entrepreneur and, and freelancer, uh, I definitely understand what the needs are on both sides. And so I'm pretty excited to kind of bring that all together and it will better serve the moms that I help too. So yeah, that is really cool. What a great idea. Good for you. Thank you. Um, so wrapping up, because we're kind of coming up to our hour here, um, what has been a specific challenge that you've overcome in your business that's maybe been, um, you know, one of the more rewarding or, um, I don't know, something that you're really proud of that you've overcome? And then what is the best and most life-giving aspect of, of running the business that you run and, and being an entrepreneur? Um, sure. I'll start with the first one. Um, so without a doubt, the most challenging thing that I have had to do to get my business to the point where it is now is to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, in the forms of why, uh, like Facebook lives, um, live webinars, um, literally kind of stepping into the person that the people that I want to help need me to be. Yeah. And I don't know if that really makes sense. Um, yeah, it does to me. Okay. I get it. Yeah. And it was terrifying because when you put yourself out there, uh, that's when people get to judge you. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are people who send me the nicest messages about, how they love my story and they love my mission and, um, whether they're joining my program or not, they're really proud of what I'm doing and they believe in it. And that is amazing. And then I get the emails from people saying that if I really wanted to help people, I would do this for free (laughs) to which I'm always like, I don't think you realize how much all of this costs me to do, but that's okay. Wow. Um, And, and I will get emails of people. Yeah. And so just not very nice emails. Ooh, I'm so sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Uh, So I will get not very nice emails from people that kind of like take the wind out of your sails. Right. So, um, without a doubt, the most challenging thing that I have ever had to do is, uh, put myself out there. Yeah. And just being vulnerable. Yeah. And it, it's totally worth it, but it, it's still very, it gets easier too. I will say that. So for anybody where you are in this place right now, where you have to become more vulnerable, you have to put yourself out there a little bit more to get the results that you want and to get your ideas seen and heard. Um, I, for probably a solid three weeks, every time I sat down on my computer, thought I was going to throw up. Um, and now it gets easier. Now I literally just jump on Facebook live in my private group and I'm chatting and women watch and engage and I love it. Um, but mm. it, you kind of had to work through the pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and do that. <laughs> I think that, you know, I mean, obviously we know that anybody who's kind of speaking negatively, to you or around that of like, why are you shouldn't be charging for this? If you really have goodwill for, for women trying to make it, then why isn't it free? But that, I think those people obviously have a problem with themselves more than anything and maybe doubt that they can't, you know, that if they bought it, it wouldn't work for them and they're not willing to put it out there. And that just comes down to like, like you said, if you're willing to make the choice and bet on yourself, then you can make it work. Um, but 
I think that uh, that also may be coming from a place of, like you said, you used to be someone that didn't really believe in business coaches. And there's still kind of that stigma that is out there. I think it's going away with, with the millennial generation for sure. But there is for sure a stigma around consulting and coaching that, you know, all, all the bloggers and um, business coaches, here they come, like to, you know, tell us how to live our lives and that somehow what they're offering isn't valuable. Um, even though obviously it is, and you are helping women change their life and their trajectory, but there's this idea that like, if something's really valuable, that it should be free. And I I mean, you give away a lot of stuff for free and obviously a lot of your content is free, but I just think that that's kind of crazy because we pay for like, we pay for doctor's appointments, we pay for teeth whitening, we pay for clothes, we pay for all kinds of things that we value and that, you know, bring value to our lives. And, um, I don't know. I think that we need to value the trajectory our life is taking and, you know, and assign actual value to that as well. So I think, you know, that's kind of silly. Yeah. There's a really cool thing that, um, Oh, I don't know if my coach told me or somebody else, but, uh, people who pay, pay attention. And it kind of goes back to what you were asking me about my business coach and what it did for me. And I told you it lit a fire. I had had an idea for a year and one month after hiring her, that idea was real. It was actualized. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think, and that's something that I tell people, um, considering my program, it's not about me making a million dollars off these moms. Like I said, I, I practice what I teach. I am still freelancing and that is my bread and butter. Um, but if they're not willing to kind of up the ante for themselves, um, and, and make that investment, I can pretty much guarantee you they will not do the work, even if I did give it to them for free. Right. And then they wouldn't be successful and then you wouldn't be successful in helping them. So it's actually an interesting kind of cycle there. And yeah, I mean, it's almost that I think it is similar for me when I've done like, um, like accountability groups around like eating and fitness and health in the past. I actually just interviewed a friend of mine who does these online accountability groups with Facebook groups and gives you meal plans and you have to check in every day and, um, and, you know, share like what, what you ate and not out of a place of legalism, but like to help you get to your goals and accountability, right. Accountability. And like, and you have to pay and it's not very much. It's, you know, it's like around 35, 45 bucks a month, but you have to pay for it. So then now that you've paid, you actually have to show up and do it. Right. And if it's free, why, you know, there's nothing lost if you just don't show up or just don't, you know, you kind of give up. But when you've paid for it, you know, like, okay, I'm going to have to do this because I don't, nobody wants to waste their money. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then what has been the best part of this whole thing that is kind of still unfolding for you, but what's been, you know, maybe just the most, the most joy bringing thing for you? When my clients have wins, I feel like I win. Like to feel the success of somebody else um, is really, really, really powerful. And um, I didn't really know that I would necessarily anticipate that part as much. Um, but it's it's definitely been one of the most rewarding parts is is watching them actually take what I've taught them, go out and apply it and then have success. It's amazing. It's the best. That's so fun. 
Yeah, I've, I would imagine that's that's similar to how I feel when like a client's like loves their website or whatever. It's just like that is that's what I'm after ultimately. Like I want you to be in love with it, and and you want your clients to win. That's awesome. Um, what's your best organization or efficiency tip for busy moms who are working? What have you found that has just simplified your life? Yep. So I actually created it myself. <laughs> uh, awesome. I did something and I'd love to give it away to your listeners too, if you don't mind, but yeah. Uh, so I created something called the daily five and it is like the last to do list you will ever need in your life. And you can download a, a printout, but it'll also tell you how it works um, at the freemama.com slash the daily five, the number five. Okay. Um, and it is basically a tool that I use every single day. I teach it in my program. Um, I talk about it all the time. Um, and it's basically a way that eliminates procrastination. It, um, it forces you to do the things that are going to get you closer to your goals every single day and to do them first. So you can't, just cross off. Like I, if you're like me, like I love that gratification of like checking something off my to-do list. Um, but if you're doing 10 things just because they're quick or they're easy or, um, you know, you can get that check mark, but none mm-hmm. of them are actually like projecting you towards what you actually want to get accomplished. Right. They're mm-hmm. not actually getting you closer to your goals. That's not really very efficient. Right. Right. So the daily five, is, is all about prioritizing what you have to get done. And it, it kind of forces you to start with those most, most important things first. So check it out. I hope you guys like it. Um, I know that a lot of moms in my community use it all the time. They kind of joke about how it changed their life. So I'm pretty proud of it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm excited. I'm going to download it as soon as we get off the call and check it out. I need all of the organization tips because I'm totally a list lover and that, that temptation to just like check things off because it will put your mind at ease. But then you sit down on the couch, like later on for me, I try, I'll like wait until the evening to get those important things done. And then my mind is just fried and I'm like, I'm too tired. I can't, like, I can't get to these big items. No more, no more. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I'm excited to check it out. Um, what do you do for fun? I, we are total homebodies. I am obsessed with my children. Um, and I am obsessed with being outside and it's like already spring, like going into summer practically here in, I live in Katy outside of Houston, Texas. Oh my gosh. uh, So we we're at the park every day of the week. We love it. We're just, I am so jealous. I know I'm looking outside my window outside. (laughs) I'm looking outside my window and it is flurrying. Uh, in Kansas City. It's 74 and sunny right now. It's perfect. Oh my gosh. So jealous. Yes. (laughs) I'm just going to try not to be bitter right now. Um, But you're from Kansas City, right? Yes. Yes, I am. That's where we moved from a few years ago. That's fun. Well, your weather beats ours for sure. Um, Back in August. (laughs) Yeah, right. There you go. I'm actually coming to Austin in May, so I'm really excited. I'm sure it'll be great weather. Yeah. What helps to rest and restore you? What so helps you to this, rest? I'll, I'll be honest. We can't all be superhuman, right? This mm-hmm. is uh, this is definitely the area of uh, room for the most personal growth in my life. I am pretty high energy, as you can probably tell. Um, and so I am not really great at stopping to relax. Yeah. And, uh, 
my coach has been trying to get me to meditate. I'm not great at that either because sitting still is really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely get restored on long walks. And I know that sounds like a dating profile, but I literally could go out <laughs> on a two hour walk and listen to podcasts and totally just kind of zone out and keep mm-hmm. while moving, you know, and and so I kind of, I, I actually did learn that walking meditation is a thing. So maybe that's oh, what perfect. I've been doing all along, but yeah. um, definitely just being outside restores me, um, moving, like being active. Um, but the resting part I'm totally working on. So I'm open to everybody's best tips. It's it's where I need to <laughs> probably experience the most growth here in 2016. Well, <laughs> but I mean, I think you said it that like you are, everybody's so different. And if you are getting restored by walking and listening to information, I don't think there's any rule that says you have to be sitting still in the dark to be, you know, experiencing rest. I think it's really a much more soul level thing than it is like, what is your body physically doing? Although that's also coming from someone that is really high energy and <laughs> loves efficiency. So I'm like, maybe I'm just telling myself what I want to hear. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, if it works for us, we'll, we'll claim it. <laughs> yes. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed talking with you and I'm excited for women to hear about what you do. And I, I hope that you get some, some new, um, customers and new women in your team and, um, in the movement, uh, from this, from this whole thing, because I think that it is really widely applicable and will, I, I hope be very freeing to a lot of people who are maybe looking for just another way to financially support their families and, um, live more of the lifestyle they want. That's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. And for anybody who just wants to connect, um, you can come join our conversation about what it's like to be a free mama. We are over on Facebook and our group is called the free mama movement. So come check us out. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. And we'll link to that and, um, the daily five and your website in the show notes. So everyone can connect with you there too. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Wasn't that fun? Lauren is a ball of energy and so wise in how she has grown her business. And you can also get that free daily five deal that she talked about, the productivity planner, um, on her website at thefreemama.com slash the daily five. And then next week I am chatting with my friend and health and wellness coach, Jen Morasco. Jen shares with me how her struggle with her body image and disordered eating became the mechanism for her transformation and actually led her to launching a business to help other women pursue their own health and their minds and bodies. It's a really fun conversation, jam-packed with truth that I think is going to encourage you in your mindset for your own body as well as your own business. So I hope you will join us next week on Kindled. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.